0: Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing. You yeah. Know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit I'm struggling a little bit. Are you? Yeah. I uh, So last week, uh, I took last week off and went to Vegas with the second half of the week and somehow thoroughly adjusted to the time uh-huh. uh, <laughs> such that I came back and was like, uh, <laughs> my schedule has shifted. And so... Um, I've been waking up obscenely late, and uh, this podcast in the morning is uh, earlier than I've gotten up in the last couple of days.
1: Ah, got it. You know. Yeah, time zones will do that to you.
0: Yeah, I feel like I noticed this time that it was I adjusted slower than I usually do. Hmm. I don't know if I'm getting older or what, but yeah. What's the rule of thumb? Like usually they say like one day per hour difference
1: or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so like when I like the earlier in the week I was like staying up later naturally, just because I was on vacation and then got to Vegas and shifted to West Coast and then came back here. And I was like my body wants to wake up at like one right now. So Yeah. I've noticed especially I don't know why this year it seems
1: more so than last year, but it gets stays light really late here because I'm so far north in Minnesota. It's like nine thirty at night and still the sun is out. And it's just weird. That's why I found myself you know, working on stuff and like, oh, it's
0: midnight, I should probably go to sleep. And yeah, it just kind of jacks up my, <laughs> my whole schedule. Yep. It, it just just traveling for me throws off all my like habits that get me in good places like, you know, exercising and getting up and going to bed at similar times and all these things. So um, last week, I intentionally took off. And this week was kind of like Monday, Tuesday, and almost Wednesday was kind of like, just like, way less productive than usual just um a bit of a challenge and that's like the the uh self-employed thing too is like i didn't have to like set an alarm and just force myself to kind of get back into it it's like oh well okay i'm pretty tired so maybe i'll just sleep a little bit later and Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. it's easy to let the days slip away from you
1: it's purely internal motivators and you don't have that external like my boss is expecting me
0: to show up today kind (laughs) of totally right (laughs) yep yeah yeah so it's just uh, i find it's it's a little easier to or it's it's almost a little too easy to let Mm -hmm. those days go by do you feel recharged from vacation? Uh, no.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: um, I didn't feel undercharged before vacation, so I went to Martha's Vineyard for the first half, which is like this island off the coast of Massachusetts, um, and that was kind of like a relaxing family beach vacation, and that was like definitely uh, restful. The Vegas part was not, as you as you might expect. I didn't go too crazy or anything, but it's just travel. Like even just like I took a red eye home and didn't sleep at all so it's like i had a, a basically pulled an all-nighter which throws you off for a few days and plus the time change and so i really only go to vegas for uh, microconf every year
1: and ju- something about just being in vegas is a little bit exhausting i think it's the, the
0: stimulation the i don't know <laughs> the vibe of the city <laughs> yeah i went yeah. for um there's a, a once a year uh, barbershop competition and uh, that was in vegas this year so i wouldn't have chosen it for fun but that's where it was so I did one one good thing or i guess i'm thankful to my previous self uh where i got those two videos done the week before i left because uh just yesterday i added um a second video or another video to the like my campaign of here are the samples so released another one uh so at least two people on the mailing list it looks like progress is still happening because i released one before i left and then when i when one when i got back so uh it feels good Good. So you released the one that you re- pre-recorded before you left. You released, that yeah. So I recorded back. two the week before I left, and I released one right away. Got it. And, and saved. Then I one. had one. Yeah. And then I saved one. Yeah. My like welcome to the email list campaign. I think is on like a weekly cadence right now, and I have three samples that go out. So that feels pretty good. It's starting to get like more fleshed out, like two full length samples, and then one like partial sample. I think
1: it's wise that you built that out as like an evergreen campaign, right? So as people sign up, they'll,
0: they'll receive those samples, right? And you're not doing broadcasts. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very happy about that decision because I've done it the other way and it's kind of nice for motivating. Like if you say like, I'm going to send out a thing in a, in a, like a tomorrow. So sign up if you want to get it. But then I just constantly get a stream of like, can I, can I get it now? Can I get it? Like, is it still like, have I missed the opportunity? Uh, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Right. Uh like when Brennan
1: Dunn came and talked to us at uh Lead Page's headquarters a few weeks back, that was one of the things he mentioned is like he he's systematizing his entire marketing funnel to basically not ever include broadcasts if at all possible. Like everything is evergreen. Unless you're doing like a timely launch or something like that, then then that doesn't work. But other than that, things that don't need to be time sensitive shouldn't be. And like I don't think he has any regrets
0: moving that direction. Yeah. I, I would be surprised. It's nice to know that it just it just runs. Someone signs up and it just it just happens. I guess that's the whole marketing automation thing, I guess. But I'm I'm getting that that benefit. Yeah, building systems and not a fly,
1: not like a, a hamster wheel for yourself of having to constantly. You
0: know. I've had a couple people email me and be like by the way if you did like a rails cast type thing where you released one of these every week i would subscribe for a monthly fee i'm like no way (laughs) (laughs) definitely not yeah like it's it's very appealing because it's it's such a clear value proposition and i think it would just like people would people get it right away and are like accustomed to paying for things like that but i just have no interest in inventing a job for myself right now sounds exhausting (laughs) and yeah i mean like having put out like uh, the weekly iteration on upcase for i don't know a year and a half or something it's a it's a real drag to always know there's more to do like you never finish it that's that might be my my only update for the week is i released that thing uh and today i'm hoping so i'm hoping to finish a video this week uh despite the the slow start so basically between this afternoon and friday i'm gonna hope to get one done and that will
1: make four videos total if you get one done yes. this week?
0: Yep. So what's your, what's your threshold on when you can actually release uh, the product? Yeah, I'm not sure. So just as one data point, I was talking to Adam again, um, and he said that so he pre-released his video course, but did not pre-release his book. And he said that when he just when he launched his book... Uh, and it went live it was like a wonderful relaxing day because like okay you did all this all this work and now the money just starts rolling in but when he pre pre pre-launched his course it was like okay the money is rolling in and now you have a public commitment to do all this stuff and it it didn't give that same sense of like okay i'm done now oh yeah because you obviously because you weren't done but the way he described it made it sound like it increased his stress um so that just that gave me a little bit of pause i was i was pretty gung-ho on pre-launching before that but i don't i feel like i'm gonna need to think about it a little bit more now But I feel like around five or six videos, I would start to think it's probably this isn't there's enough here that I can I would feel comfortable charging for it at this point. My guess is for me personally, the excitement provided by sales rolling in would probably be outweigh the stress of knowing I have to finish the course. And the the stress of knowing I have to finish is probably a little bit beneficial for me, too. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think you're already proving that you can stick to a pretty good cadence. So like you know as long as you don't feel somehow stressed to move faster than your cadence that you've already set then i think you know it's like something you were already going to do anyways you were going to keep producing this content you know
0: yeah or yeah pace or whatever so so yeah i would say i'm leaning towards pre-launching it the number i have in my head is 10 videos that sounds about right to me maybe a little bit more if they if they trend shorter which they might um and so if i'm at about halfway or a little bit more that feels feels pretty good as I review some of the stuff I've done already, I'm pretty happy with the content. Like I feel like it's it's pretty good and, and the feedback has been really solid. So that feels good. I'm glad it's not like, I'm not feeling like it's not working. Yeah. Last time we talked, we
1: talked about the the concept of like having these be really fast paced videos. Any more
0: thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm not going to speed them up. So I talked to Adam like every week basically now. Um, but he was saying that like, he's like my sales stats are, it was something, I forget what it was, but it was something like half of the people that bought his course we're not in the U.S. and like are, are reasonably expected to be not native English speakers. And I talk fast naturally. <laughs> I think I'm going to make the like the base video will be slow. And like people actually, someone sent me another email saying like I still have trouble following you, um, what you're saying as a non-native speaker. So I think I'm just going to record them kind of slowish, like force myself to slow down and enunciate. And then people that want to can speed them up. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a factor we didn't even. Discuss that day. I think I didn't even think about the non Yeah, it makes total sense though. Um, yep.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Cool. I am thinking about shortening them up a little bit. Right now they've been about 12 to 15 minutes each. I think I might try one a little shorter and see if I can get it like more condensed, just like what would I do if I had to get everything into 8 minutes or 9 minutes. Um but but we'll see. But but so far I'm 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 feeling pretty happy with how they're they're turning out. So you're planning to you know
1: speak at a maybe a, a normal pace and not a super fast pace but you're still planning to leave out some of those beginner details right it's like more of an advanced yes. mode course yeah yeah Which I think yeah yeah
0: wise yeah i i think intermediate plus is the right group for this especially because of the topic it's like you're you don't really need these things if you're not working on a rails app that's been around for a little bit and i'm not going to explain the rails basics it's more like what do you do once things are not so good Cool. Speaking of Rails apps that have been around for a little bit, uh, <laughs> we
1: just, uh, <laughs>
0: nice segue there.
1: Yeah. Um, we just uh, celebrated one year anniversary of the Drip acquisition.
0: Oh, wow. Fast. Wow, yeah. It's been a year already. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yep. Things closed July, beginning of July 2016. So, so we're right upon a year. Um, it's been kind of fun to, to look back at how much has changed over the last year and how far we've come. They had a little drip happy hour for us and giant sheet cookie (laughs) to commemorate the event. That was fun. Yeah. So we've had a crazy amount of growth. We went from three engineers to now 10 on the product team over the last year, Uh, which is not, you know, crazy fast hiring pace, but it's fast for us considering how slowly we grew the team uh, pre-acquisition. I mean, some of the positives are like our shipping cadence recently like i I love being able to show up almost every week here and say like yeah we shipped a bunch more stuff this week you know and it feels like we're really hitting our stride which is a good place to be in and yeah other highlights like we launched our free plan which um was something that we always we had batted around for a long time but was just not something that would have been feasible to do as an independent company without funding you know so has that been working out well Yeah, I think so. I think it has been. Uh, It's been getting a lot of people in the door. And I think it's just helped us to kind of enter more of the mainstream conversation. I mean, if you look at the stats, like those various sites that kind of rank who what companies have percentage market share or whatever, I think even pre acquisition, we were in the top 10 for marketing automation, you know, up, up alongside HubSpot and Infusionsoft and Marketo and these really giant players. So that was already a big indicator that we were onto something and that we were starting to make, you know, penetrate the market pretty well, but I think more and more it's it's becoming clear that, you know, with the free plan and just kind of with the momentum that we have, it's like drip is seeming to enter the conversation uh a lot more now, which is which is really fun to see. Yeah, that's uh, pretty badass. So, yeah, that's that's good stuff, but yeah, I, I think this week I won't sugarcoat it. I have felt probably more stress than i have in the last few weeks. It's just a product of kind of doing real life large scale SaaS application work. <laughs> there weren't even like downtime or even technical incidents, but just like situations that are stressful, like uh customers using the product in particularly aggressive ways that causes lots of background processing volume and it's funny to like juxtapose those types of situations where like you know we're just actively trying to make sure that things don't get out of hand and like you're you're kind of in a little bit of a high stress mode and compare that to you know, right before having to deal with a situation like that, I'm like sitting in a meeting and we're talking about like, where can we take drip in the next year? Like what's, what's coming in the future and strategizing and, and that's all fun and happy and we're planning. And then, and then you step out of that meeting and it's like, all right, now we've got uh, you a know, bunch of Q volume going on and we need to, Oh, by the way, this thing's starting to slow down and this part's, you know, this piece of the infrastructure needs to help. And I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's like, The fun part is the, the high level thinking and the planning and, and thinking about where we're going to take the product and then, and then reality smacks you in the face, you know? So, so you're feeling stress around the scaling bits of it. I think that's, that's predominantly what it is. Yeah. It's, um, partly the nature of drip is, you know, we take in so much data and, and we have so many powerful tools around automation that. People are able to do some pretty crazy things, and sometimes it's like difficult to optimize the infrastructure for every single use case that everyone's using it for. And I think it's just that's been a recurring theme and something we continually bump up against. And on the one hand, it's a fun, challenging engineering problem, but it's also it does wear on you.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. I was I was thinking that because I I feel like I remember you describing the scaling challenges as like one of the benefits or one of the interesting things about the running that business. And like your blog is called Scaling Mm Hmm. Yeah, it is interesting from an engineering perspective when
1: when you don't feel like things are always on fire and it's not that things are always on fire, but sometimes it starts to feel like I just want to be really far ahead of the problem. And and I don't know, I think these days it's just really difficult to be
0: like in a really comfortable position with infrastructure when you're growing at this rate. Do you find yourself wishing growth would slow down a little bit? In like a perverse kind of way? You know, knock on wood, don't say it out loud, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: sometimes. Sometimes I do. I mean, it would make all of our lives easier. But that's not necessarily what you want to happen for a a growing business, you know. Just stress this week.
0: Do you feel like there's something... That's changing in your mind where you're like, I'm sick of dealing with scaling issues now, like I've just had enough? Is that like this what feels different about this this the stuff that's causing you stress now than before? Um I think it's just I think it's probably
1: partly the amount of time I've been dealing with these same kinds of problems or just these not any problems. I'll rephrase that, same kinds of challenges. Um And I don't know. I think I do need a vacation. So I'm going to... Fortunately, I'm going out of town next week. We're flying to San Francisco and I'm like... I'm unplugging for a few days, which will be nice. Um, I think I just... I think I need to recharge. Just
0: reset my mindset, you know? I think it'll be really healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. You got to make use of that fact that you have 10 people on the engineering team now. Yep. We
1: We have a lot of smart, capable people who are able to, to think about these problems and it's not all on my shoulders i have to remind myself that
0: you know well i mean if i feel like these weeks are are kind of inevitable yep like i guess i feel like we, we talk a decent amount about our like emotional or mental state uh on this podcast and like it's, it's just clear ends to up being me, a therapy session all the time <laughs> yeah well it's just clear to me that like sometimes i'm having an up week and sometimes you're having an up week and sometimes it's the opposite and that just seems to be yep. part of it like there's a cycle and and it's it's like that yep I don't think it's worth hiding any of this stuff, too. Like, you know, I we could just sugarcoat it and be like,
1: oh, yeah, everything's great. But I mean, when you are running a SaaS app, you're essentially responsible for keeping a service alive for thousands of customers. And
0: that's not without its stresses. You know, it's definitely worth it, but it's real life. 100%. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Well, I'd be curious to hear how the vacation works for you or just like what you're feeling like next week or the week after that. Yeah. It's difficult for me to take a vacation and truly
1: unplug my mind from problems like even if i unplug the computer it's hard to unplug my mind so i'm gonna try my hardest to do that (laughs) because i think i need it
0: yeah yeah that could be useful yeah uh meditation works pretty well for me Mm -hmm. for that kind of thing um like when i'm doing it regularly i'm better at noticing when i'm thinking about a thing when i don't want to like I, i try to not think too much about work stuff in the evening um and I find myself like the doing the meditation in the morning just makes me more aware of my thoughts. And so I, it's, I'm quicker to notice, Oh, I'm doing the thing where I think about the work stuff and I just kind of redirect away. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe yeah. useful.
1: Yeah. I haven't, uh, when we took our last trip out to California and then came back, I haven't gotten back on the, uh, the yoga train of, uh, <laughs> which I, I would like to for, you know, it's, it's my primary source of exercise and i haven't been getting a lot of that in lately so that's probably that probably contributes to it's all related you know yeah
0: i would be amazed if it didn't yeah it's ridiculous how important that is i think that's honestly part of me failing to bounce back has been a similar thing where like the first couple days i was back i didn't move around enough i was kind of like recovering from the flight and so like sleeping a bunch and just like staying in my i don't think i left my apartment at all the first day i was home and then, like, finally, Tuesday evening, I went and, like, did a rowing workout and then did some stretching. And, like, it's like, oh, what a difference. Yeah. It's really unfortunate that, like, when you start feeling stressed or depressed or whatever, like, you, you're, at least for me, my mind's like, I don't want to do anything. Right. It's like, I don't want to work out because I don't feel good. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, but you need to, to do the workout to make yourself feel better. That's,
1: I know. I know like if i've had a particularly rough day it's like i don't have i'm wrung out i don't have any
0: energy to go exercise but that's exactly what i should be doing <laughs> totally yeah. and like you like it's it's hard to like internalize the fact that like working out creates energy like it, yes it, it requires energy and input so it feels a little bit draining but at the same time it it like for the next 24 hours i feel you know more energetic than i would have yep yep damn these meat sacks <laughs> i know so hard to maintain i'm i'm (laughs) honestly kind of annoyed that i can't just upload my brain to the internet i know like this being stuck in this decaying body is really a bummer (laughs) mortality sucks it does and just yeah it's just physical stuff physical Mm -hmm. what i don't know Mm -hmm. breaking down yep Uh, so light week for both of us i guess yeah yes
1: anything else we should talk about did you buy anything for prime day (laughs) <laughs>
0: no <laughs> <laughs> we got a uh an echo oh nice yeah do you have do you have any i of do i i stuff? have two actually i have nice. like the big one in the living room and a dot in my bedroom
1: yeah i think that's the setup we're doing too and uh i just used it for the first time last night and i we have these bulbs in at various places in our house where like i think they're the phillips hue bulbs where you can like dim you know change the the dimmer and stuff like that. And um, I've long felt like the missing component is the ability to, the ease of turning them on and off being like a light switch. I'm like now I have to open my phone, open the app, go change a diet. Like it's terrible. But I was voice commanding my lights like crazy last night and it was like, this is the missing piece. Yes. <laughs> so.
0: Yep. Same. That's probably the most frequent thing I use the Echo for. Uh, and I like it a lot. Like being able to be in bed and turn the lights off is great or dim them. Although, I will say, like, uh, so you can buy, uh, you probably know this, but you can buy switches for your Hue lights. So that you can buy, like, a wireless switch that connects to the lights that, to give you that, like, physical turn it off with a thing. And I did buy a couple of those, but then once I got the uh, the Echo connected, it was like, uh, not using this anymore. It annoys me irrationally much when I, like, shout a light command and it doesn't get understood. Or sometimes it'll just be like, boom, boom. Like, no. Uh, or, like, sometimes it loses the connection with the bridge. And so it's like, Every so often I can't you get used to this control where it's like it's like 95% effective and that last 5% yeah. is really frustrating.
1: Yeah. I had a, a Ford car back in 2008 and they had like Ford Sync which is voice commanding technology in it and that was pretty early for that kind of stuff. Like that is not anywhere near the reliability of Alexa and these different, you know, voice commanding technologies more recently. So that's been I know how to say the words exactly right for the car to pick up my command properly. Um, but I'm impressed already with like seemingly it's it functions much better. Like I was just like, oh hey Alexa, uh do this and that and that. And it was like still parsing my voice properly, even though I was like not saying,
0: Alexa, please turn on the lights. You, know? you definitely so. just triggered a bunch of people's Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. I was trying to avoid the name. I'm looking forward to like the continu- continued improvement and sophistication around it. Like, I feel like the Google Home one uh, is better at answering questions, like slightly more complicated questions. It's nice to ask sort of more freeform things, like what's the population of this, and like there's there's certain ones that you can tell. It's like sometimes you get it, and sometimes it's just like a hard no. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because I feel like Siri is really bad at that. Like most of the time, when I'm trying to get something, it's like always goes to web search. It's like come on, that's not what I want. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting when I travel, I miss that ability. Hmm. Like to like, yeah. it's like it's one of the things I notice is like I wish I could turn the lights on or off, or ask what time it is, or set a timer, or like, yeah. play a podcast. Like it's I, I totally you get used to being able to just shout at something. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I
1: was skeptical at first, but now like I can totally i get it
0: (laughs) yeah did you look into the what their policy is is about like recording your voice and storing on their servers and all that stuff you
1: know i didn't i was i was assuming that they're not doing that but i should probably actually do my diligence because
0: yeah i'm kind of i i I feel the same way like i i meant to look into it and then didn't i figure they're storing the things once you trigger it Yeah. Like if you trigger it, I would expect them to store those off and do some work on them or something. But uh, like, is it broadcasting all the time?
1: Yeah. I was kind of assuming that like someone more, um, uh, more of an activist than me would uh, have called that out publicly by now. (laughs) Maybe not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I hope it's not a full time thing. That seem that would seem, that would be bad. Yeah. I I wouldn't want that. No. Like, that's just, it's a matter of time until that's compromised or sure. accessed by law enforcement or something.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm sure, I bet we'll get some tweets about this. Somebody yeah, knows. Please, lazy People Twitter. Know.
1: Please, just uh, lazy,
0: t- lazy podcast to Twitter. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, why don't we wrap yeah. it up? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks.